Good evening. Nice to see you. Sorry to, to break into your congregate conversations, but feel free to um, take them up again at the end of our gathering. My name's Tim, if we haven't had a chance to meet. Um, I'd love you, just as you make your way to seat, just grab a Bible. I think a few are being handed out here. These green Bibles, we've got some on the front of the stage. I know we've all got them on our phones and devices, but I find these things are less distracting because they don't pop up with little red dots or, or uh, they don't ping. Um, and it's not so easy to see what's going on in the rugby or whatever else might be happening on news. Uh, Putin's latest misdemeanors, um, about which we will pray, and over which we will pray earnestly tomorrow morning, tomorrow evening, if you, if you missed that uh, little announcement. Um, uh, so uh, between 7 and 8 tomorrow morning and 6 and 7, so on, either on your way to work or on your way back to work, roughly, the church will be open. But um, we'll, we'll just, I think we'll pay attention to the news uh, and, and uh, as events unfold as to how we respond in prayer. But we will, uh, I know people are praying individually and in groups and so on, but for us to gather corporately and to pray. Um, I may not apologize, I'm going to read the whole story uh, that we've been sitting in, the, the story of um, the father, the running father. You, you might have it headed here as the lost son. But uh, hopefully, as we've been unpacking this, you'll see that we're actually talking about uh, a man. There was a man, Jesus says, verse 11. And I'm going to read the whole story. I'm going to just focus on the elements of the father today uh, and how we can have his compassion, his ability, his strength, his inner reserve to, to offer forgiveness to his son who has wronged him so, so much and how we might express that same kind of compassion and love, reaching out to the other. Uh, so that's, that's a challenge for us because none of us find it easy. So that's what we're looking to go. But I just, I just think we take scripture ser- seriously here, so I'm going to read the whole story. I'd love you to, to, to follow it with me. So chapter 15 of Luke, page 990, 990 in the Green Bibles. Uh, I'm going to go from verse 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, 
Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the elder son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The elder brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But We had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we believe you speak to us by your spirit through your word. Our prayer is simply that you continue to feed us with your truth, your life, your strength, your vision. As we unpack this story, as we feed on it together, teach us, we pray in Jesus' name. We've done a great bit of work. Will is just the research um, to debunk the myth that this is this is about. You know, as our Bible say here, the lost son um, or the prodigal son. Just, if you don't mind, quick show of hands. Just no shame if you you've never heard this story before. It's actually I'm just delighted to be able to read the story to you for the first time. It's an amazing story. I've read it a few times. When I first encountered it, I came across it as the the prodigal son. So still the focus on the son, not the father, even though Jesus says, he starts the story, that it's a story about a man. He happened to have two sons. The two sons are throwing light onto the, the man. So we understand he's a father. This is a story about a father, the running father. But I, I used to know this story as, and I've kind of always known this story as the prodigal son. Just quick show of hands as if that's, just so I can, ah, oh, okay, I'm, I'm connecting with the room. That's pretty much on the on the. On the uh, on the, the link, uh, you probably can't see that. It was what 90% show of hands in the room. The prodigal son. Prodigal is it's an old English word that means extravagant or uh, kind of wasteful, kind of over the top. And and so it's easy to see how you know we read the story and think, oh yeah, okay, what what you know who in the story has been extravagant or over the top or wasteful, almost you know just 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 going over and above. Well, obviously the youngest son, he's got all his property, uh, all, all, or his father's property, he gets together all he has, and he, he spends it all. It, it's all gone. That's, that's so prodigal. That's so wasteful. That's so extravagant. So obviously this is a story about the, the prodigal son. No. It's actually Tim Keller who, who helped to open my eyes. He used to be the uh, leader of the uh, Redeemer Presbyterian Church in, in New York City. He grew amazing church. He's written a book. Uh, a kind of commentary, if you like, on this story. And he entitled it Prodigal God. Prodigal God. And 
because he, he, he sees the story of the, 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 the prodigal descriptor applies not to the younger son but to uh, and and his wa you know wasting money and resources no the prodigal element the wasteful extravagant element of the story applies to the father's love and compassion jesus is is telling us the story to give us fresh insight into the 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 extraordinary over the top love of the father for his sons, as in his children, sons and daughters, that they would, they would come home and know the full experience of what it is to live in the Father's house. That's, that's, the, that's the point of the story. With the younger son, you just, as we just rehearsed this, he's wronged the father socially, he's brought shame on the father, he's, and he's wronged the father financially, he's wasted all his money. So when he comes back, he wants to make make amends when he comes to his senses he wants to make good the ways in which he's wronged the father socially bringing shame on the family wills outlined that really powerfully in his previous talks do get them download them um listen to them uh so when the son comes back he says I, i'm i'm no longer worthy to be called your son i i i, I recognize the shame i bought i want to make good I'm, i recognize i no longer deserve to be called a son so he's wanting to make amends socially, but he's also wanting to make amends financially, where he's wasted his father's property. So he comes out and says, don't, you know, I don't deserve to, to just derive benefit and blessing from your generosity. Make me like one of your hired men. I'll pay back what I owe. You hire me on and I'll, I'll work. I'll serve you. So he's wanting to make retribution socially and financially. The father won't have it. The father won't in the story. He won't let the younger son pay the debt that he, he's longing to pay, socially and financially. Before the son, even before the son makes his kind of groveling speech, the father runs to him. Before he said a word, he sees him, long way off, and he runs to him. And the, actually, the, the translation is literally, he throws himself upon the son in, in love and compassion. You know, Charlie Mackesy's amazing, uh, really inspired sort of picture, it's got, and it kind of, it's got that, sense of the son, the younger son, wearied by his, his sin and, and his extravagance, kind of, you know, kind of sort of collapsing into the arms of the father. And Henry Nouwen actually has done a brilliant, uh, he, he's done a, a brilliant sort of reflection on the um, Rembrandt's painting of the prodigal, just, just how the, you know, a study on the arms, one is, one is gentle, one is soft, one is strong. If you look at the Rembrandt's picture of the father, uh, so, you know, reflection on, on how the son throws himself on the father. But actually, the text, the story, Jesus tells us that the father, before the son receives the embrace, the father throws himself. It's all initiated by the father. This prodigal, extravagant love. It's interesting. If you read the, which, well, when we have read, let's read again. Um, he says, when he came to his senses, I'll come and he, he prepares this prayer, and, and uh, sorry, this, this um, confession, and, and then he comes to the father, but even before he gets to the bit, like, make me one of my, no, the, the father cuts him off. Interesting, the son doesn't actually ask for forgiveness, but the father confers it on him anyway. He, he, he says, quick, let's put a ring on his finger, the, the authority of someone who belongs in the house, a robe. A sign of status. Sandals. The slaves were barefoot in a household. Sons and daughters wore sandals or shoes. That's how you could tell the difference in, in 
they weren't sort of slaves like in dungeons, you know, treated badly. They were, they were doulos. They were kind of like a personal valet. They were, they were well-fed. They looked good. They were healthy. Difficult to tell a, a, a male son and a male slave apart. So how could you? Well, the son was shod. He had shoes. And the slaves were always barefoot. So put sandals on his feet. In other words, in every respect, this son of mine is a son. And not only that, not only sort of, yeah, welcome home, it's sort of business as usual. No, let me show you the full extent of what it is to be at home. Let's get the fattened calf. By the way, it was the best robe. Did you notice that? The best, not just any old robe. It's a bit smelly, needs a wash. Don't waste a nice robe on him. No, the best robe. Extravagant, prodigal. Let's get the fattened calf. This is a family heirloom. This is kind of, we, we saved this for a very special occasion. Bring it out. Let's celebrate. This is the heart of the father. Prodigal God. Extravagant in his love towards the son. Just a little aside, it's kind of quite a good test for us as sons and daughters of God, as Christian people living out the truth of who we are in such a way that other people, not just so that we feel good, it's not all about us, it's so that we can demonstrate to others what it is to live in the Father's house. We're well fed with the feast of the fattened calf. So we go out and go, wow, they look well fed. Where would you get that from? Oh, come to my father's house. This, is, this drives us to be missional. Our series is going to end with, a, with an exhortation to, to, to take this prodigal love of the father out. But one of the ways in which we can test the extent to which we understand our sonship, our daughtership, we understand that we're children of God, is, is, is the extent to which we can mirror what the father does that we can love in the way that he does that we can be prodigal in our compassion love and forgiveness it's not easy it's never easy this is how we grow through the test of being able to practice forgiveness let me just um keller's really good on this at uh, uh unpacking the anatomy of forgiveness and since we forgive us our sins <laughs> it's good to pray it <laughs> or it's literally forgive us our debts as we forgive those indebted to us forgive us our debts forgiveness and indebtedness basically whenever we are wronged and by the way we live in a world where we will always be wronged and because of the flesh in us we will wrong others from time to time whenever a, an offense has been committed whenever there's a, a wrong and the, we're on the receiving end of that in some way people have taken from us they've they've stolen from us it might be literally they've taken your property the son squandering the father's property more likely it's going to be in 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 sort of psychological or sociological ways. They've maybe um, undermined us or ignored us or, or, or slurred us in some way. They've undermined the sense of worth or self that we have, maybe through gossip or backbiting or, or bitching. They've sort of, you know, they've brought us down. They've robbed something of who we're taken, something of who we understand ourselves. And, and, and we can feel that there's, there's a cost, a debt. And that, that debt always has to be paid, either by the person who's taken, they pay back, or by us as we absorb it, as we take the hit. This is, if you like, what Keller points out as the anatomy of 
forgiveness. Now, the natural response, and in many ways the understandable response, is for, is for us to say, right, I'll, I'll, I'll get you back. You've taken from me, so I'll take from you. Someone sort of slighted our name at work, just undermined us at work. So, so we go on a campaign to, to, to slice their reputation to pieces. If, if they take from us, we look to take back from them. But forgiveness operates when we volunteer to absorb the pain. When we choose to pay the debt ourselves. When, if you like, we take the hit. You think of the father, and, and if we're honest, oh, I'll, I'll speak for myself. When I read the story of the father, I can feel, and having, you know, I'm a father myself, but in, it doesn't matter, you don't need to be a parent, in order, just in relationship with other people, you can, you can, I can feel a, 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 a sense of sort of, and it's a, it's a weirdly kind of quite comforting sense of, yeah. When I think of the payback response, the, the father in the story, you know, while he was still a long way off, he saw him, and he went in his heart, there he is. And he's coming this way. Is he groveling? Yeah, looks like he is. He looks pretty hungry. Typical. I bet he's coming here to ask for even more money. Huh. We'll see how that request goes down. Yeah, and I'm going to wait here. You better grovel all the way to my feet. Yeah, and this had better be good. Can't wait to hear what you've got to say for yourself. Yeah, that, that kind of, I mean, I'm just giving articulation to a feeling. You're all very spiritual. Is it just me? Or are you kind of, can we relate to that in some way? Is that kind of thing going, yeah, we kind of, and that, you know, Jesus' audience are expecting that. I think, again, Will has outlined you, the, he's brought so much shame, and oh, the story's carrying on. Well, he's coming back. Whoa, let's see what the father has to say here. He's going to wallop this guy. He's going, whoa, he's going to really make him pay. That's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of, in, in one sense, the natural response, the flesh response, that if we're honest, resides to an extent in all of us. But what does he do? This is what's so shocking about the story. This, this story is just full of shocks. We've, we've outlined, you know, the, the, the young son, give me my share of the inheritance. He wasn't entitled to inheritance anyway. And he's effectively saying to the father, I wish you were dead. Shock. And, and then all the things, he goes, you're shocked, he's in the pig, so there's the Jew, Jewish lad, in the pig pen, he can't even, he's longing to eat just the pods. Why, shocking. And what's shocking is the response of the father. And, and the shock for us today is the, is the challenge and the invitation to act in this shocking way, to be prodigal in this sense, with our compassion and love, one for another, as we, as we exercise forgiveness as we absorb grievances in order to demonstrate the prodigal love of God through our lives to others. While he was still a long way off, he saw him. What does the text say? It's just check I'm not making this up. Verse 20, while he was still a long way off. Hey, by the way, what does that mean? It, it means he was looking out for him. He wasn't waiting for the sun, hoping, kind of fingers crossed, hoping the sun would come home. No, he's scanning the horizon while he was still a long way off. His father saw him, and this is the phrase. Do you see this? I mean, bear in mind, mm -mm, this had better be good. Was filled with compassion for him. Jesus is, Jesus is telling this story to show us what it is to live like the prodigal God. 
in, in the gap, in, the, in, the, in the, just the gap that the father and the son had in the story before any kind of restoration can be made. Well, the, well, the son's off, spending all his money. They don't see each other, they're separated. There's no opportunity for reconciliation. The father is practicing compassion in his heart. The father is visualizing seeing his son, running towards his son, throwing himself on his son and kissing him. Even though the son has wronged him. That's what the father is practicing in his heart. He's chosen to take the hit. So Tim, where, where have you got that from? That sounds, I mean, I mean, it sounds wonderful, but I mean, because it sounds so hard. Are you honestly expecting me to be able to do that? Us to be able to do that? To be prodigal in that way. Here's the real shock. Here's, here's the real shock. And it's, it's hidden because of our English translation. Right back in the story, at the start of the story, verse 12. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. And we've, we've heard earlier, haven't we, that, in previous talks, that that means, you know, like, pay me now what I should have upon your death. So I want you dead now. I wish you were dead. Shocking. And we were going, Shocking. And then we just read the next, next line in our English translation, and we, we just, we larded our, our way on in the story. So he divided his property between them. And we go, oh yeah, we sort of, if we want to pause and imagine that, we imagine a sort of doting old father going, oh, okay. And he reaches in his pocket for his wallet, and opens up his wallet, a few notes. Okay, well, I have two sons, okay. Well, there's some for you, and there's some for you. Off you go. <laughs> and we sort of imagine, he just divided his property, sort of help them out, pay a little bit. I mean, not your fault, not my fault. I, I, I didn't, I can't remember, I think it was a commentary, I think the point is out, a fairly recent revelation to me. So I, I just, so he divided his property amongst them. This is the most shocking line of the whole story. I'll tell you why. Because the word that we rather anemically translate property is the Greek word bios. And that word bios, we, we get our English word one word biology from it. It, it bios means life other uh, I've seen other English translators translate this as so he divided his living and we only you know a living is kind of your house and your home and you know all that you have but it, it comes from bios life he divided his life father give me my share of the estate shocking Jesus' audience, the contemporary audience, they then hear the next line. So he, so the father, to this outrageous son, the father colludes with the request. Not only that, he divides his, he rips himself in two. How is the father able to express the compassion? How is he able to run to this errant son? How is he, with a heart full of compassion, to kiss him, to robe him, to ring him, to sandal him, and to just throw the biggest feast? How is he able to do that? Because he's already died. This isn't about him. He's already ripped himself in two. And don't forget, this is just a story. This father doesn't actually exist. Who's the storyteller? Jesus. What is Jesus communicating to his hearers? What's he communicating to us about how the gospel works, about how to come home? 
He's telling us, if we listen carefully and read between the lines, he's telling us that someone has already paid the ultimate price. They ripped their lives in half. The debt has already been paid so that debt paid, you can come home. Jesus is inviting us through this story to consider what he, in, to his hearers, what he's about to do. The, the trajectory on to Jerusalem and to Calvary, to the cross and resurrection and beyond. And, and we look back wonderfully. And we, and we say to ourselves, this, this kind of compassion feels like it's quite risky to, to offer this, this ability to... to to swallow costs, to swallow grievances in order to allow relationship to flourish, in order that, that, that an expression of kingdom amongst the way in which we live and work amongst each other would, would manifest out to the far reaches of this world that, goodness me, needs to hear it and see it and feel it. It feels risky until we recognize that Jesus risked way more than a bit of rejection. He was strung up on a cross. Jesus didn't lose just a little bit of dignity like he describes the father losing his dignity and running towards the son. The audience got shocked. How undignified. How on earth can the father do that to this errant son? Jesus is stripped naked. We put a modest loincloth on all the sort of statues of him. He was naked. It's Victorian sensibility that puts the loincloth on him. He lost all dignity for us. Jesus experienced way more than a bit of social estrangement. He was despised, abandoned, killed for us. When we think of what Jesus went through for us in order to secure our forgiveness, in order to demonstrate the Father's compassion, is it possible that we might consider risking living in the same way in terms of our attitude one to another? God doesn't wait by the door of heaven for us to come. Heaven comes to earth. By the way, a little segue, you know, we often, we often, I've often thought about doing a, a sort of sermon series on all the sort of shorthand or the phrases that, would, that skew our thinking, a bit like, you know, the lost son, no, it's the running father. And, um, you know, for Christians, we're kind of here on earth preparing ourselves to go to heaven. We go to heaven. Heaven is a place that we go to. Biblically, heaven comes to us, Revelation. It's, I saw, behold, I saw a new heaven, a new earth coming down. Heaven, heaven is, is it, well, it's, uh, I, I could get lost. It's another sermon, so I should leave that. But uh, anyway, heaven comes to us. The Father runs. He doesn't wait for us to come to him. The Father runs to us as a foretaste of heaven. That's where the motion is. That's where the grace is. That's where the, the, the prodigal element of God's love and compassion is. Jesus doesn't inflict pain on us. Well, how many times have you messed up? Because mm, I reckon I've got a little ledger here and it's, no, he takes the pain himself in order that we might go free and, and receive the Father's embrace. Repentance. Turning around, seeking the Father's forgiveness as we do corporately through that prayer. Forgive us our sins. It is more than kind of regretting some of the things we've done wrong. That's, that's the, the sort of heart attitude, the mindset of, a, of a, someone who thinks they are a lost son. Or oh, better not get lost, better, better play safe. 
kind of, did I get away with this? It kind of, that, that kind of, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of, my body wants to tighten up with that sort of, that kind of mindset of Christian living, you know, just, just not risking. No, no, w- w- repentance comes when I, it's not just the things I've done wrong, but I've sinned against heaven. Beautiful kind of prayer of that younger son. I've sinned against heaven and against you. Because the ruptured relationship there, it, it impacts the relationship there. It's not just I've broken God's rules, I've, I've broken God's heart. And I'm, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Technically correct, yeah. You are no longer worthy to be called a son. We, because of our sin, no longer worthy to be called God's son. And yet Jesus teaches us through the story the prodigal love of God. Is that, that being true, he's ripped his life open so that we can walk into the feast. We can know his embrace, his love. We have no right to expect it, but he privileges it on us anyway. The best hope. Ring, sandals, feast, celebration. That's the call. That's, what's, that's what we, we fully anticipate. We don't, we don't experience it now. We have a foretaste now by the Spirit of what one day will be completely ours. And that free gift through the prodigal love of God should, should compel us to share this wonderful news with others. Like why would we want to keep that to ourselves? And you hear what the father says, this prodigal father, this prodigal God, to the older brother, complaining, I've been slaving for you. He said, my son, have you missed it? You haven't seen it? Everything I have is yours. How can, we, how can we possibly venture out on this risky business of exercising God's compassion one to another, of, of practicing love, of offering forgiveness, particularly if we identify with the older brother in the story? Well, it's to the older brother that the, the father says, everything I have is yours. Everything I have. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. No figure. <laughs> what that means. He's blessed us, who has blessed us. It's not, it's not something we kind of, if we're good, we might get that at the end of our life. No, he has blessed us. In the heavenly realms, in, in just in the, everything that we know and see, and, and those things that we can't know, we can't see, just within the realm of God, every heavenly, every blessing in Christ in the spiritual realms is ours as we receive the embrace of the Father through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. It, 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 it lives in us by, becomes real to us, is revealed to us by God's Spirit. Given that I have been blessed with so much, given I have every blessing in Christ, how is it not possible that I might begin to risk working out what it looks like to offer something of that prodigal love to someone else? That's the challenge of this story. That's the challenge that Jesus issues to us. In practical terms, I'm I'm coming into land. If worship team, get yourselves ready. Want to worship this God of ours? In practice, what does that look like? It, it, can I be honest? 
about this is, I'm, now I'm going to just reveal the, the, the flesh elements in me, the things that I'm still with the Lord's help working out. You know, when, if someone's wronged me, I feel they've kind of, you know, slighted me or overlooked me or, 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 or criticized me unfairly or whatever it might be. And, you know, if I'm honest, <laughs> there's a part of me that quite likes it when they fail or when they stuff up. I, I I'm, not, I'm not actively willing for them to, but you know, when they kind of do, <laughs> part of me, if I'm honest, confession, bring that to the Lord, that's not the love of the Father. But it's a sign to me that, oh, I'm not quite in that place. I'm not in the sort of clear channel of just receiving God's love and just pouring it through and out, because that's not how the Father embraced the Son. So, so that I don't hold any kind of forgiveness. Complete forgiveness is one does not hold any. You let go of all resentments. You let go of all, all liabilities. You owe me. You just you let that go. Incredibly hard. But unless we do, we won't we won't feel what it is for the prodigal love of the Father to flow through every fibre of our being. So that we can practice running and embracing those who we find it the hardest to run towards and embrace. Even as Jesus taught us to love our enemies and those who persecute us, those who are out to get us, we learn to see them on the horizon and we practice running towards them. Prodigal God, the running father, the story. Why don't we stand together? Bite the, the, the band back, yeah. Just hold this space a moment. I don't. I don't pretend for a minute that some of the subject stuff I've talked about, and I, and and as you look to apply it into some of your lives, there'll be people in this room for whom this this teaching even just beginning to go there is it's incredibly hard I never but Jesus never promised I'm not promising it's not easy but it's real maybe this is where we, we truly engage where we come to the end of ourselves I can't I, you say to yourself I can't forgive it may not be practically possible maybe they're no longer alive people who've taken from you you don't know where they are you really sort of think well thank goodness I won't ever see them again and yet you you know there's there's this weight there's this burden there's this debt 
sense maybe that the Lord is calling you to tap into his prodigal love and compassion as he's expressed it for you and for us so in receiving it you begin to position yourself to be in a place to be prepared to offer it to others Let's worship. Let's respond to this prodigal God. <laughs> 